Good morning, South Lake. Good morning, North Richland Hills. Good morning, Harkins Theater. I want you to respond to me. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy 10th birthday, Gateway. And I am so excited. It's hard to believe it's been 10 years. And it's absolutely wonderful to me what God's done in 10 years. Do you agree with that? How many people's lives have been changed? How many people have been saved? How many marriages have been restored? I'm just so excited about it. And I want to preach to you the first sermon that I preached 10 years ago. Because obviously, you weren't here. Because <laughs> I saw how many people were here and it wasn't this many. Did, do we have anybody in this service that was here for the first service 10 years ago? Really, stand up. If, you're here for the, if you were here for the first service, look at that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Mike, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, didn't, Mike was playing on the PGA Tour at that time and, and took a week off when you could have been making hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> and came to church for that first service. So, all right. We'll turn to Genesis chapter 28, and I want to share with you that message that I shared 10 years ago. I did tweak it a little bit this week uh, because I actually listened to... Uh, the CD, when I say the CD, they, it was on a cassette, not an 8-track, <clears throat> but a cassette, and they put it on a CD for me, and so um, I think it's a good message. And let me just say this also, that um, we are helping right now a church in um, Frisco called North Star Church. They've been going through some difficulties, and the overseers have asked Gateway Church to step in and help them through this. We've done this with m m multiple churches many, many churches, and uh, next weekend, I will be here Saturday evening and preach, and we'll continue our series called Broken, Repairing the Family. We'll pick that up again next weekend. So if you're here next Sunday morning, you'll see that, but on Sunday morning, I'll actually be in Frisco preaching at that church, helping them. I was there last weekend. So if you live in, uh, in that area, Frisco, uh, Richardson, Plano, North Dallas, anywhere in that area, I would love for you to come there next Sunday and show your support for the church as they go through this time, and we're going to help them, and they're going to make it through this time, I, I can promise you that. But anyway, I'll be there. There's two services, 9 and 11. The 9 o'clock is, is kind of light because they just began that service, so if you can come to the 9, um, that'd be great. All right, and I want you also to keep them in prayer. I want you just, just when you think about it, pray. North Star Church in Frisco, just uh, be in prayer for them, all right? Okay, Genesis 28, verse 10. It says, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder, or a new living says stairway, was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it, on the ladder, on the stairway. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. In other words, he's saying here to Jacob, I'm going to bless you. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, 
All the families of the earth shall be blessed. We read the New Testament quotation of that scripture last weekend as we talked about Jesus blessing the families. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, in other words, church, and this is the gate, and the New Living Translation says gateway of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar. Now think about the uh, symbolism in this verse, a, a pillar stone, a cornerstone, and he set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it, representing the anointing, and he called the name of that place Beth-El. Beth means house of, El means God, house of God, Beth-El. But the name of that city had been loved previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me, he's quoting back what God said to him, and keep me in this way that I'm going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Now watch this verse. It's very, very important. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. Church. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. There's a reference to tithing. This is 400 years before the law. Okay, here's what he's saying. He's saying, this is church. This is church. Why is it church? Because God was there. And he calls it Bethel, the house of God. This is where we get this term, the house of God. Now, I want you to think about this because this is pretty important. This is an Old Testament type of the birth of the church. Obviously, the church in the New Testament was birthed on Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, the day the Holy Spirit came, 50 days after the resurrection. But here is an Old Testament type of church. And why is this church? Why did he call this place church? Well, there are three reasons I think he called it church. Here's why. Church is a place of, number one, God's presence. God's presence. Church is a place of God's presence. In other words, here's what he says. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. But in essence, what he's saying is, I know it now. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. I'm awake now, and I know God is in this place. In other words, church is a place of being aware of the presence of God. Whether you've been saved for 20 years or you've never met the Lord and you come to church for the very first time, every time you come to church, you should be aware that God is there. Do you understand that the presence of God is what makes us different from every organization on the face of the earth? Every group meeting, I, I can I remember one time going to a Lions Club meeting, and li listen to what they did, and you tell me, does this sound like anything that you've, any meeting you've ever been to, all right? First thing, we had an opening prayer. After the opening prayer, we sang two or three songs. After we sang a few songs, a guy got up and made some announcements. After he made the announcements, we gave an offering to help people. And then a guy got up and read some verses out of the Bible and talked for a while about being good and helping people. And then at the end, they said, now, if anyone wants to join, you come down here to the front. <laughs> now, now, what does that sound like? Sounds like church, doesn't it? So, and I'm not saying that anything critical about what they did, but I remember thinking to myself, I've, I've been here before. <laughs> I've seen this before. 
but it's just not called church. And so I said to the Lord, I'm just standing there in this Lions Club meeting watching this, and I said to the Lord, God, what is the difference between church and a Lions Club meeting? And the Lord said, church is when the lion shows up. That's church. And if the lion of the tribe of Judah doesn't show up, all you've had is a Lions Club meeting. A bunch of people sitting around and talking about the lion. And I've been to some church services like that. Church is when God shows up. This is why Jacob said, Jacob said, this church, this has to be the house of God. And some of you may not understand this or ever have known this. This is the first time Jacob's ever met God. See, we read about these guys in the Bible and, you know, we, we just, we, we know about all these great things they did after they meet God. We don't know about before they met God. Listen, this is chapter 28. Chapter 27, you know what Jacob's doing? Lying and stealing his brother's birthright. Lying and stealing his brother. His brother was a hunter, and his father calls his brother, and his father can't see anymore. Isaac can't see. And he calls his brother, and he says, go out and prepare some wild game for me and bring it back, and then I'll and go hunt and kill it, bring it back, and I'll eat it, and I'll give you your blessing. So Jacob and his mother overhear this, and so she cooks something. Jacob puts uh, animal skin on him because his brother was real hairy, you know, and that's really hairy, by the way, but he puts him and makes him smell also like he's been out killing a wild animal, comes in and says, I'm, I'm your son. He says, well, your voice is Jacob, my son Jacob, but you feel like Esau, you smell like Esau. So he gives him his brother's blessing. Now listen to me very carefully. And he says to him, are you, are you Esau? Because you, I think you're Jacob. He said, no, no, I'm Esau. He lies to him. He lies. And by the way, he says to him, how did you find this game so fast? How did you find this, this wild animal so fast? Here, he lies again. He says, and this, it's very important what he says. He says, the Lord, your God, led me to it. He didn't say the Lord, my God. He said the Lord, your God. So he lies. And some people say, well, you know, he was trying to get the blessing of God. No, he wasn't. He was trying to get the birthright blessing. Let me tell you what that means. If, if a, a family had two sons or three or four or five kids, whatever it was, the firstborn got a double portion. In other words, if there were three children, you would think each would get a third. Not so. The first firstborn got 50% and the other two got 25%. Let me say another way. Let's say there were two, like Jacob and Esau. And let's pretend that the inheritance was $300,000. Okay, the firstborn son, which was Esau, would have gotten $200,000. And the secondborn son, $100,000. Listen, this was a $100,000 decision for Jacob. It's the only reason he did it. The only reason he did it was so that he could get that birthright. He's a liar, a deceiver, and a manipulator. And God shows up and says... I know about your past, but I still want to bless you. I, I want to bless you. I want to protect you. I want to be your God. I want to take care of you. And Jacob says, he responds, and it almost sounds like he's making a deal with God. Okay, you do all this, I'll start tithing. You know people are serious when they start talking about tithing. <laughs> he says, oh, okay, God, if you'll do this, and this is what it says the last, he says, then you will be my God pretty amazing. Before, in the chapter 4, he said, the Lord, your God. Now he says, the Lord, my God. Why? Because he has an encounter with God. 
So church is a place of God's presence. Here's the second thing. Church is a place of God's protection. Church is a place of God's protection. He says in verse 15, I will keep you. This word keep means guard. It means like put an armed guard around you. I'm going to guard you. I'm going to take care of you. Now, let me explain something to you about this, okay? Let me just remind you. Do you know what Jacob's doing right now? He just stole his brother's inheritance. He is literally, the reason he's going to Haran is to get away from his brother. Okay, God shows up and says, I'm going to protect you. Now, let me remind you, he is running from a person who hunts things down and kills them. (laughs) This was a very meaningful conversation to Jacob. God says, I will protect you. I will take care of you. I want you to think about this. So many people see church as an organization. It's a community thing. It's something that, you know, it'd be good if I went to, and I probably ought to go. Now I got kids, and they probably ought to. I probably ought to raise them in church. Listen to me. Church is more than that. Church is the house of God. And when God's there, he blesses you and protects you. It is so much. And why, why, why is church a place of protection? Well, I'll go back to point one, because God's there. Because God's there. Someone tries to come get you, God steps up and says, no, you're not coming here. You're not going to get him. There's a lot of people that live without that protection. When uh, years and years ago, my oldest son is 28. He was born when I was 10. And um, <laughs> I was a traveling evangelist at that time. And so I would travel and speak in churches and all. And Debbie would go with me. But there were some times she just wasn't able to go. And so she bought me for my birthday a, a Doberman Pinscher. And I thought, you know, this dog will be good for, you know, protecting her. Well, the dog had not been trained, and so as the dog grew, the dog just would lick you to death. You know, it wasn't, wasn't very good. But we met this guy that trained dogs. He trained police dogs to attack, and he even trained dogs in Vietnam to sneak up on soldiers and kill them. And, so, and we said, yeah, but this dog's real lovable and all. He said, oh, that's the best kind. He said, I don't train dogs that are vicious. He said, because I want them to be good around the family. They've got to have that good nature. Your dog's perfect. He took our dog for one year and trained. This was serious training. Trained him for six months in obedience and trained him for six months in attack. We could, with one word, we could, att- we could put that dog on attack. And in the middle, if he's jumping to get someone in the middle of the air, we could call him off with one word. So we, we tried to be careful. It wasn't a word like door because we didn't want to say, go see who's at the door, you know. So, so anyway, when I would travel, Debbie had this dog. She'd take walks around the block and, you know, with this and this. I very, felt very secure then. When, but anyway, she, one night, she's, the doorbell rings. It's about 9 o'clock at night. Who's ringing your doorbell? Nine o'clock at night, you know. She goes, she looks through the little peephole. There's this guy standing there, cigarette hanging out of his mouth, scruffy beard, you know. So she goes and gets Bear. That was his name, our attack trained Doberman. So she opens the door. She comes and she says, watch him, Bear, which was a, a, a command that he understood. And then she said, of course, the guy, you know, immediately looks down at this dog. And, and, and he looked tough, you know, and he was. And so she said, Listen to me very carefully. This dog has been a trained, has been trained to attack people and kill them. <laughs> she said, if you make a gesture toward me or raise your voice, he will kill you. 
now what did you want? <laughs> and the guy, cigarette, you know, he says, I was collecting for the newspaper, but I can come back later. <laughs> and she said, oh, well, wait right, now, wait right here. So she goes to get the checkbook. She comes back. Apparently, he had moved maybe just a little. I don't know, because the bear was going, <laughs> like that. So she said, stop, bear. So she, she tries to hand him the check. He won't even reach out to take the check. <laughs> He's got sweat pouring down his face. He's got ashes about that long on his cigarette. So she has to put the check in his hand. And then he says, take a coupon. Because she had those little coupons that show, you know, that you paid and all. And anyway, so she shut the doors. Then she looked through the people. He stood there about another minute. And then went. <laughs> she had an attack-trained dog that went everywhere she went. Listen to me. You have, if you remember this, remember the angels of God were ascending and descending at this place, church, Bethel, the house of God. You and your wife and your children have attack-trained angels everywhere they go, everywhere they go, because you're in church, because you believe in Jesus Christ. Here's the third thing. It's a place of God's provision. He said, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you this land. Right where you are right now, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless your children. And he makes the appropriate response, but it's a strange response. And I want you to just, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Why would he say this? Why would it just come out of his mouth? He said, God, if you'll do this, if you'll be with me and you'll protect me and you'll provide for me, I'll give you a tenth of everything I have. This is 430 years, 400 years before the law. Why would he say, why would he say tithing when tithing had never even been talked about? Well, there's one reference where it had been. His grandfather, Abraham. <laughs> When God shows up and says, I'm going to bless you, and he does bless him, it says Abraham began giving God a tenth of everything he had. Here's what I think. You know what else it says in the Bible about Abraham? It says he was very, very wealthy because the Lord had blessed him. Now, I'm not saying everyone's going to be rich. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is, is that Jacob grew up seeing this. And saying to Abraham, how did you make so much money? And Abraham's response was, the Lord has blessed me and I tithe. What, you, what, do, you, what do you mean you tithe? I give 10% of everything I own to God, 10%. But you got to remember now, chapter 27, Jacob is trying to make it on his own, like a whole lot of people. He's a liar and a deceiver, and he thinks, if I'm ever going to have anything, I'm going to have to lie and be manipulative to get it. But then he goes to church. He didn't know it was church, but it was church because God showed up. He has an encounter with God, and God says, I want to bless you. I want to protect you. I want to provide for you. And so out of his mouth, he responds the same way he's been taught. You know what, Lord? From now on, you're going to be my God, and I'm going to give the first 10% to you. 
This is what church is. Church is about lives being changed. I want to show you one more video I asked them to put together that just shows a little bit of the lives that have been changed in 10 years. Just a little bit. Watch this. We had really only been going to Gateway for a short time then. Uh, when we hit rock bottom, you know, Liz went forward to pray. He put his hands on us and he prayed with us and he just told us, and I'll never forget, it's not what God's plan for you is. This is just not. And I never knew how great marriage could be. I have my best friend back that I had before and we just lost our way. I'm just very thankful for the children's ministry uh, for Jackson, uh, for what, what he's learning and how he's, uh, how he's growing with the Lord. After so many people telling me, Try Gateway, just one service, just once. When Mike and Karen came in and just sat down next to me and started talking to me, I was like, wow, I, okay, I, I can fit here. That friendship may have been small to her at the time, but it's taken me from a track that was leading to just self-destruction um, and depression to a place to where I can start envisioning uh, what God truly has for me. You know, Gateway gave us some money for the kids to get them Christmas presents. I know that without that, my kids wouldn't have clothes or toys or anything. And in place of shame and guilt, I was just, I have so much thanksgiving. I would just say thank you to God for being so good. Had Gateway not have helped me um, that last semester, I would not have graduated. So we would still be stuck in the same welfare rut. You know, who knows where we would have been now. We want to send a package that we prepared for your wife and your newborn baby. I was in the middle of a war, and you thought of my wife? You are the friends that I will wish that every single Jewish person in Israel will have. We especially want to say thank you, Gateway, for all of the support that you give to the Messianic body here in the land of Israel, uh, for your blessing our ministry here as we reach out to the people in Jerusalem. The earthquake really did shake the heart of the Haitian people to the core. It shook them to a point of desperation beyond whatever they were facing the day before. So I want to thank you for your partnership through Gateway as you continue to reach the country of Haiti to change really from the heart of the people to the doorsteps of that nation. Thank you. I thank Gateway Church on behalf of my church and on behalf of all of the Haitian people for coming to our aid and coming to partner with us for a better future. Thank you very much. Awesome! This is great! A bye! Thanks for the people who give my bye. I love it. It's all about helping people, isn't it? It's all about people. I want to just comment on one other scripture. If you look back at verse 12, it says, Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder. I told you New Living Translation says stairway. Was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There's a ladder between earth and heaven. The angels of God are going up and down on it, or a stairway. Let me read you one other scripture. John 1, verse 51, Jesus said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man, referring to himself. Maybe you've never put this together, but Jesus is the stairway from earth to heaven. <laughs> the way we get to heaven is through Jesus. 
We could say it this way. Church is the gateway and Jesus is the stairway. We bring people to church and at church they encounter God and they get on that stairway that leads to heaven. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? We want to pray for you. We want to help you. We want to minister to you. If you're going through any type of a difficulty, no matter which campus you're attending, whether it's South Lake or North Richland Hills or Harkins Theater, if you're going through a difficulty in your family, and we all go through difficulties, if you're going through a difficulty with your health, if you're going through a difficulty in your finances, if you're going through a difficulty in your relationship with God, maybe you're like Jacob, and you've done some things you're not proud of. And you've come to church, and you sense God's presence here. But you need to make the commitment that Jacob made, and that is, from now on, you're going to be my God. Not just God of my grandmother or my grandfather or my friend. You're going to be my God. We want to help you. If you need prayer for any area of your life, in just a moment, we're going to stand. When we stand, there are going to be leaders at the front. Again, at all the campuses, in the overflow room, there will be leaders. South Lake, North Richland Hills, Harkins Theater. If you need prayer for any area at all, when we stand, I want you to just come to the front. Just come to one, and everyone will be standing, and there will be other people coming. It's, not, it's really not embarrassing. I know the devil will try to tell you it's embarrassing because he doesn't want you to get help. But we can help you, and we want to help you. So when we stand up in just a moment, you just stand up and step out and come to the front. You'll see leaders here. If you're on the altar ministry team, no matter which campus you're attending, I need you to come as quickly as possible because I think we're going to have a lot of people to pray for and minister to today. So if you need prayer for any area, and let me say this too, you don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to come for prayer. And you're not saying that you're joining the church by coming for prayer. You're just simply coming to someone who's a leader in the church, who loves you, and would like to pray for you and help you. So if you need prayer for any reason, then as soon as we stand, I want you to just stand up, step out and come, and let us pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person, every person that needs any prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.